Hey, good evening, and thank you for joining episode number four of the Overland Bound podcast. I'm Michael, and tonight the topic is from the beginning, where Overland Bound started. And I've talked about this a little bit online, in Instagram, in 200-word snippets, but I get asked a lot, you know, how did I start Overland Bound, and you know, what were some of the factors that came into play? And of course, as with most things in life, it was it was relatively uh, complex. And I've got my timer started here, so um, I'll I'll try not to to go on too long. <laughs> we'll keep this podcast uh, to its usual duration. But um, before we get into the day Overland Bound started, I want to give a little bit of backstory about you know, who I am and, um, you know, how I grew up, because of course, all of those things come into play. Um, my hometown was a town of 360 people, Carlotta, California, that's up in uh, Northern California. And I was born in uh, 1970. Uh, some people don't know that, you know, I'm pushing 50 now. Um, but at the time, Carlotta was a very rural community. There was just logging and fishing. And of course, most of, you know, what we spent our time doing involved being outdoors and we made our own fun. You know, I mean, it really was a time that is quite different than it is today. Um, you know, my brother and I would, would walk down to the country store about a quarter of a mile away by ourselves at a very young age and we would be able to charge things on my mom's account uh, because they knew that school nurses um, only got paid once per month and we could put things on the tab and uh, that's just the kind of community I grew up in. So grew up outside uh, on the river in a very small town and then as I got older of course being uh, off-road and going out in our rigs was kind of a natural extension of my childhood and how we learn to be adults and uh, do things on our own. It involved being sufficient in the great outdoors, and you'll hear this as a reoccurring theme. It was just the way I grew up. Now, my dad, he was an outdoor uh conservationist, um, enthusiast, and he made sure that we spent a lot of time outside. He was a forest ranger, and he, you know, he worked up in the lookout towers up on top of Hull Mountain, that's just outside of Ukiah, and we grew up uh, backpacking, and fishing, and hunting, and between he and my older brother, um, they taught us a lot about being in the outdoors. We would go to the summers uh, to my uh, grandparents' ranch. They had a 100-acre ranch down in Central California, and that's where my brother and I would, would hunt rabbit. And so... <laughs> You know, every aspect of, of my upbringing included the, the great outdoors. Um, now, a little bit later on in life, I worked for my family's logging company. And my brother Todd ran a, a logging company in Willits. And 
you know, even when I started working, uh, the work I was doing was, was out in nature. And I think it's safe to say that this was just the way I grew up. Now, as with most young adults, I wanted nothing to do with all that. My career uh, and my, my, my education took me in a different direction. I got into um, film special effects very early. Uh, that was back in the early 90s. And then that swept me up into the uh, video game industry. And I joined that very young industry and have been in that fast-paced world ever since. Um, and now I've been in video game development over 20 years, so I'm uh, considered quite an old man in that industry. But, you know, I sort of turned away from being outside because my career in software was all-consuming, and you can imagine that software development was quite different than a existence or life outdoors and outside. And as life moved on, I, I got married to my first wife. I had a couple of kids. I started my own video game development company. And everything was, I would say, on the high end of, of stress for many, many reasons. And I lived that way for many years. And then I guess, you know, this is where my personal story uh, takes a little bit of uh, a dark turn. This was about in 2009, but, um, you know, I think uh, <laughs> only by going through the darkness uh, uh, can you find the light. And that's what happened to me. Um, my first marriage did not work out for many reasons but it created a, a, a high level of stress and sort of came to a head, you know, at a point in life when many things were happening. And, um, you know, at the same time uh, that I got a, a divorce with, with two very young kids, um, my, my father passed away and uh, my stepfather passed away. <clears throat> and this all happened at the at the same time and at that you know at that point in my life I'm not ashamed to say I was I was seeking help and <clears throat> talking to somebody on a regular basis and uh you know they said uh you know you're 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 going to crash you know and uh, and in many ways I did crash my behavior at the time you know Corey and I now we we joke about it. We call them the, the in-between years. But, um, you know, I was involved in, in self-destructive behavior. I, you know, I, you know, I had a group of folks. We'd get together. We'd, we'd fight, if you can believe such a thing. It was like Fight Club. Um, <laughs> but such a thing does exist. And many other, you know, debaucherous um, behaviors that I won't go into any detail on because we'll keep this a family show. But... It was not a healthy time in my life. And, you know, they said, uh, you're on a, on a path, you know, that is not, that is not great and something, something needs to change. 
at the same time, um, my job performance was, was suffering. I've always been, um, you know, very, um, motivated and driven with my professional pursuits, but I wasn't during this time period in my life. Uh, and, and so my professional life was, was really suffering. And for that reason, among others, um, I found myself without a job and this is sort of, (laughs) this is sort of when everything came to a head and I found myself, uh, sort of in a comatose state. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a state in life. Maybe you have. Uh, many of you probably have where you are just so lost um, that you don't know which direction to turn. And I was up in Humboldt County. I had gone home. Uh, I had my two kids with me. You know, Miguel at the time, I think he was only, he was only three years old. And... Uh, you know, on the way back, I had a uh, a car that software development in the video game industry could uh, could provide. It was a convertible BMW 330Ci, and started to snow, and we got stuck in the snow on the freeway uh, in the middle of no place with about a sixteenth of a take of gas, and it was very cold outside, and. Uh, you know, I didn't know quite what I was going to do if I ran out of gas. And, you know, I decided at that moment, um, and this is one of the the first, you know, <laughs> the first steps towards Overland Bound, but I decided in that moment that I would never be stuck in that situation again, um, that I would not have a vehicle that was not capable because I felt at that moment, you know, with the passing of my father and, you know, remembering some of the the values I had been taught that, that I was in that predicament at that time because I had violated, you know, what I really was, um, and become something different. And so, you know, after that event, after being uh, rescued by CHP and making it out safely, um, I started looking for a new vehicle and I started doing research and it felt really good. Um, you know, and, and a few a few months before my, my dad had passed, I had him in the seat of that BMW and, you know, he looked at me and he's, he just said... Uh, you know, uh, this is nice, but I always pictured you in a, in a Land Rover or a Land Cruiser or something more adventurous. <laughs> and uh, I've got him to thank for that. Um, so I went shopping. <laughs> I ended up with the, the, you know, Toyota Land Cruiser FZJ80 96. It took me, uh, took me quite a few months to find it because once I had done my research, I knew exactly what I wanted. 
and I got that rig and it felt really good and uh, I bolted for quite a few days and I was ill prepared I hadn't done anything like that in a long time but I threw a few things into the back of that Land Cruiser and I headed for the Sierra Mountains um, almost involuntarily it was uh, I was drawn to it and sure enough um, that return to my roots um, reconnecting with nature being by myself those few days in the Sierras with that Land Cruiser was uh, the turning point in my life and it set me on the right course and it was just like uh, drinking a tall glass of water something that I needed so desperately um, that I didn't I didn't know and didn't understand until it happened and I was me again and it's hard to explain but you know when you go off the path and then you find it again you feel so good um, you feel confident in yourself and in life and things feel better and for me that's what happened well I came back um, you know reinvigorated and I started uh, thinking about overlanding and had been um, motivated by the camel trophies as a younger man and decided you know with my technical savvy I was going to start a website started doing domain uh, searches it was for myself you know it wasn't for anybody else at that time in my life I was fe feeling very selfish I felt like I had given a lot um, of myself for many years and it was for me uh, and at the time you know overlanding wasn't a uh, such a well-known um, sport or lifestyle as it is today and so I thought well you know I, I want the website to sound aspirational so I'm how about Overland Bound it, it sounds like an activity and so I typed in Overland Bound and it was available <laughs> you know on every on every platform Facebook Instagram you know at the time Instagram had just launched so um, I uh, started the domain and I just started, you know, writing articles and, and I, you know, nobody was reading the articles except, you know, at the time, you know, my mom, <laughs> maybe a couple of other people. And, you know, about that time I met Corey and Corey started reading the articles and she would give me feedback on them. But really it was, it was, um, it was just very refreshing for me to do. Now, because of my profession, I, I, you know, I realized that the people that I was talking to about my, you know, refound enthusiasm about the outdoors, it was a little bit alien to many of my coworkers. And so when I realized that, you know, a large percentage of people didn't have the same level of comfort as I did going in the outdoors. To me, it was just something you did, not something you had to, 
you know, be good at. It, it's <laughs> just a way of life. But, you know, as, as soon as I realized that a lot of folks didn't have that same level of comfort and, in fact, had more questions than answers about how you, you know, spend the night outside and how you survive and what you need and what you pack and what is essential gear and what's a luxury. Well, I started writing articles that, that catered to those folks because I wanted as many people as possible to experience what I had experienced. And, you know, it wasn't um, just the moment of returning to my roots. Growing up in the outdoors and having that connection uh, with nature, I think is a vital part of living and being human because at our roots, we are adventurers and explorers and we are wanderers. We are innovative. We need to be creative and figure things out and rely on ourselves. And we get a little bit um, stir crazy and crazy in general, I think, when life becomes too monotonous and everything is sort of packaged and um, taken care of for us. We get into a routine that is a bus commute, a uh, tech job, another bus commute, some TV and bedtime and rinse and repeat. And I think we eventually go crazy, <laughs> to be honest. That's how I feel about it. And I, you know, I think you have to, you have to, experience the unknown and you know what can be more unknown than jumping in your rig and you know picking a destination or not just picking a direction and driving and experiencing what you know the world around us has to offer um, that's what overlanding is is for me and I think for many people and, you know, I have the luxury of hearing all the stories um, that uh, happen within the community, the new friendships, um, you know, people suffering from PTSD, you know, that have found overlanding and um, have, have been healed by it. And the, uh, the vehicle-based nature of overlanding means that just about anybody can experience that for themselves and feel that sense of adventure and exploration and and freedom and we want to make sure that anybody who wants to will have the resources to experience that for themselves.